Hey y'all, today's bonus content is a slightly new format we're trying out. We're calling it a showcase, and it's where we talk to somebody else working in the audio drama, audio fiction space, and we'll ask them a few questions about their work, then we'll play a chunk of their work, and then we'll come back for a few more questions. Our featured guest for the pilot episode of this format, that is a pun, as you'll see in a moment, is Jordan Cobb, which is a name that should definitely be on your podcast radar. Got him again. Uh, and you'll get to hear a full episode of Jordan's sci-fi horror saga, Giannis Descending. I'm going to let Jordan speak for herself and her work speak for itself in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Tavor. Tavor is the app for fans of beer, craft brews, and trying new and exciting labels. Once you sign up in the app, you can choose the beers you're interested in, including two new ones daily, and add them to your personalized crate. Pay for the beers as you add them, then ship whenever you're ready, and the shipping price will not change with the size of your order. Tavor only works with independent breweries around the world, and if you like trying new beers, it's much more cost-effective than buying and shipping one-offs. So download Tavor on the Apple or Google Store to try it now. And use code TOAFN for $10 off after your first order of $25 or more. That's Tavor on the Apple or Google Store, discount code TOAFN. Also, I want to remind you that, uh, re what I said last time about a marathon, not a sprint, there's plenty you can still be doing to help black people, to help trans people. As always, we encourage you to do your own research, uh, but there's a link in the show notes for blacklivesmatters.carrd.co, which is really helpful for compiling petitions and actions and requests for donations all in one place. Um, and there's also a link for the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, which works to protect and defend the human rights of black transgender people. Okay, enjoy this showcase of Giannis Descending by Jordan Cobb, and I'll see you again in two weeks. Hello, everyone. Uh, today, I'm talking to Jordan Cobb uh, of Giannis Descending and many other shows. Um, Jordan, uh, thank you for, for joining us today on the, uh, the, the pilot episode of this uh, community showcase project that we're trying out. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, yes, well, welcome. Um, before we, uh, I guess the, the way to start is if you want to give um, anyone who hasn't heard of um, or heard an episode of, of Giannis Descending just a little uh, brief uh, kind of elevator pitch, uh, what would it be? Okay, uh, so Giannis Descending is a science fiction horror story uh, that is told from two perspectives uh, of these two archaeologists who go out to explore the ancient alien ruins on this very, very distant planet. Uh, and when they get there, they find a little bit more than they're bargaining for. Half of the story is told uh, from one character's perspective from beginning to end, and the other half of the story is told from the other character's perspective from the end to the beginning, and they meet in the middle and then sort of cross over. So it's a little bit of piecing together the mystery of what went horribly, horribly wrong. Great, yeah, and it really for um, I'm I'm glad that uh, our listeners are getting are going to get to hear an episode today because it really is um, a terrific show, and uh, one of the things that I that I love about it and think it's so interesting is that that two person 
uh, structure because I feel like I've, you know, I'm familiar with the kind of sci-fi thriller that's like one person all alone. And I'm familiar with the, the, the sci-fi thriller that is, you know, a whole crew. Um, but the, the two people and having that be a central element to the, to the story was kind of, it was new and, and exciting to, to me at least. So I hope that, um, our, our listeners enjoy it as much as, as I did. Um, I want to ask you something that I, I ask that I love to ask other creators is what was the first thing that that sang to you about this story? Like, when did you feel like there was something you really wanted to pursue? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Okay, so uh, I've in the past, I've kind of referred to Giannis Descending as uh, my love letter to the universe, which (laughs) is you know, actually, I think about that and I think of how the story ends up and I'm like, I should probably rephrase that somehow. <laughs> um, so many things go so badly wrong. Uh, it's not a happy love letter. But um, really, the thing uh, that started me kind of really going with the story, um, I mean, on a perfectly technical level, it was that um, my... Uh, uh, partner in this, Anthony Olivieri, who plays Peter, mm-hmm. uh, who is the other character in the story. Um, I play Chell, uh, for those who haven't listened yet. Um, uh, we just really, really wanted to have a project that we could work on together. Uh, but he lives all the way in Texas, and I live in New York. So uh, the physical getting together to actually be able to record something was kind of not in the cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on a very technical level, it was just kind of playing around with the idea of how exactly I could tell this story in a way that we could both be very thoroughly involved, but not necessarily in the same room together. Um, And it started kind of coming into place when I decided to take half of the story and then flip it sort of back to front. Mm. And then I just got very, very caught up in the kind of putting together the puzzle of, okay, wait, but if he's over here when this is happening, how can I incorporate that in this part of the story where she's over here doing this thing? And how do I get it all to line up? Um, Basically, if you put a puzzle in front of me and like leave me alone for 10 minutes, I'm completely absorbed in it. And Uh there's there's no going back. I love that. So it was kind of it was almost like a a, a challenge that you were excited to, to rise to meet. Oh, very much so, Uh, especially because I, I don't like horror. I say this all the time and people no longer believe me. Right. Uh, They just laugh at me. But I am the biggest scaredy cat on the face of the planet. I don't like horror movies. I don't like being scared. Um, So this was kind of a challenge of like, well, can I still write in a genre that if given the choice, I wouldn't touch with a 30 foot pole Uh Uh, and just kind of trying to figure out, you know, how horror works. Um, and mm. I guess it kind of worked because I know what scares me. So then the point became, how do I scare everybody else the same way I would get scared? Mm. So is that why it became a horror? Because, you know, it, it was it was a challenge. Did you know you, uh, you there was there something about it that made you necessarily want to do a horror before that, even though you don't like horror? Like when, when's the, the decision to do a genre you don't like? Um, I think it came out of. Uh, the fact that when I tell stories, I very much like to get into the humanity of the situation mm-hmm. that's going mm-hmm. on. Um, and I think there are 
stories that can be told that have a great amount of beauty, but that the beauty really pops when you get to see those darker undertones, that you get mm. to see all shades of this world that you are experiencing. And space in general, you know, it's it's one of my three favorite things. Um, okay. But, it's you know, it's space, dinosaurs, and the ocean. Boom. Sure. You, that's it. You know me. I'm done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all kind of big, potentially scary things. Exactly. That have this great beauty and this great depth and this huge amount of room for things to go horribly, horribly wrong. Um, and I think that you can't really tell stories about people because ultimately Giannis Descending is in its own twisted, perverse way. Ultimately, it's a love story, which is how I always tend to think of it. But I think that also when you add in the extremes of the situation that they are in. And of course, I was going to have aliens in the story. Like sure. You have to have some alien monsters in there. You can't really do that uh, when it's a story that is also so much about isolation if it's not going to have a little bit of that scarier, darker element that kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. Sure, that, that makes sense. Um, so as a as a horror writer who doesn't normally enjoy horror, um, <laughs> can you talk about some of your your creative uh, influences for for this show? Oh, absolutely. Um, so actually, writing Giannis Descending was what got me into uh, the Alien series um, uh -huh. with Sigourney Weaver, and then. From there, I had to watch all of the Predator movies so that I could watch Alien versus Predator so I knew what was going on. Right. Um, I listened to a lot of Bastille when I was uh, working on this. Okay. Um, it was pretty much the only, like, their music was the only thing I was listening to. Uh, I tend to pick an album and stick with it whenever I'm writing something and okay. just let the yeah. words kind of uh, spark new inspirations. Mm. Um Oh, God, there's like a million different things, you know, because we're always pulling from a million different things sure. to tell our stories. But those are the two really big ones that stick in my mind. Oh, and um, the last five years, of course, which is where I got uh, the idea for the format. Uh, the last five years is a musical uh, mm. which tells the story of uh, this couple's relationship and one character the man starts at the beginning and tells it all the way to the end and the woman uh starts at the end and tells it all the way to the beginning and they meet in the middle for this one beautiful duet and then they pass each other by ships in the night it's just so good mm. it's so good yeah so you saw that and you were like awesome needs aliens oh yep absolutely <laughs> that's that's exactly what i was thinking well the first time i saw the last five years i was like what 12 yeah. years old uh -huh. but i'm always thinking things need more aliens so it's it's very probable that was exactly my response like sure. this is cool could use could use some more aliens <laughs> sure sure um okay so you've brought uh, an episode um to to share with us today can you give people just a little um introduction um to this episode in in particular to kind of uh orient them if this is the the first bit of of Giannis descending that they're hearing Yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, this is kind of a spoiler-heavy episode, but it was probably my favorite one that I wrote, uh, so mm. that's the one I'm going to share. Uh, this is episode 10. This takes place uh, just after the crossover. Uh, so we have moved from 
uh, Chell telling the story uh, and she's in the beginning of half to she is now in the end half of the story. And Peter has been telling the end half of the story. He has now moved to the beginning. Uh, this particular episode, uh, so episode 10, uh, takes place deep down underneath the surface of the planet where Chell has found herself trapped and she is alone. Um and trying to escape and get back to the ship. And she's desperately trying to contact Peter and he isn't picking up and he isn't picking up and she doesn't know where she is and she doesn't know where he is. Um, and I feel like if I say any more than that, it will be way too spoilery. But I sure. also feel like I should say more because I don't know <laughs> how much people will actually understand about the episode otherwise. But I think Generally, if you just understand that she is alone and the creatures uh, that have inhabited this planet are chasing her through these tunnels, then you'll have a pretty good sense of what's going on. Fantastic. Okay, so um, without further ado, uh, here is episode 10 of Giannis Descending, um, written by Jordan Cobb and performed by Jordan Cobb and Anthony Olivieri. Uh, enjoy. This episode of Giannis Descending may contain material that is not suitable for all audiences. Please, take a moment to read our show notes and determine whether or not you feel this episode is or is not for you. Listener discretion is advised. to Peter. Chell to Adamantine. Peter, please. Help. Hey. Somebody. Please. 
Help me! I've been here. I don't know if any of this is recording, but the little light isn't on. I don't know if I'm still in contact with the adamantine, if I'm able to record or transmit, or if anyone can look, hear me. See me! Look at me, please. Cut paper, please. My, my suits... My, my suits' displays have all stopped responding. I, I can't... I'm leaking Atmo. My, my visor is smashed. My head aches. I don't remember when I hit it, but I do taste the blood. I don't know if it's in my mouth or, or on my face, where it's coming from, I mean. But the visor is smashed, barely staying together. I can't really see through it. Then again, I can't tell that there's very much to see. And I think my ankle's broken. The right one. I can't put any weight on it or move it. I, my foot's twisted off at an angle and sort of almost limp. Oh, I'm you're getting me sick. I can't. Oh, God. God. Um. Oh, what? 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 What is that thing my my dad used to say? Ah, uh, you should see the other guy. <laughs> Apparently, I put my foot through his head. The the Gorgon, not not my my dad. I, power of adrenaline, right? <laughs> oh, it's oozing, not moving, just standing over me. This this dark green viscous gore falling out of the shattered dark hole in its face. It's it's all over my suit and in the ground. It's not so much a liquid as a 
the gel. It is a liquid in in places, a, a bit like a slushy, but it, it's congealing fairly quickly, or I've been unconscious for. I. I don't know. The. The whole lower third from the snout to the jaw is gone, and cracks are spreading across its face, leaving just one eye wide and intact, staring at me. There are more of them. I don't know how many I can hear them moving, slithering around in the dark. There's no way out. There's no way back up. I don't know if I'm, if I'm just imagining it. I can feel them on my skin, the thick tendrils burrowing under my flesh, and cold biting crystal at the back of my neck. I couldn't wait for you to come find me. You weren't coming, and then they were. I'm on my hands and knees, and I have to crawl because of my stupid ankle. But I couldn't run, <laughs> even if I want to. Oh, the passages are choked and narrow, no way to stand. It's a maze down here. It's just tight, dark spaces. I'm dizzy. It's getting so hard to breathe. Warning. Shh, please. Please, for the love of remain. fuck, please. Warning. Fifty-four minutes of oxygen remaining. No one is coming. No one is coming. I am completely alone, and I, I don't think I can make it much. No, 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 please. It knows where I am. I can feel it. It's here, hunting me. It's so close. I can feel it. Don't leave me down here. Please. Peter, please. Where are you? They're everywhere down here. I can't. Oh! Get this stupid fucking thing! suits out of Atmo. 
sorry. But I guess we'll be testing my theory about how long it'll be safe to breathe. The air down here is sweet. Like burning sugar. I expected... I don't know. Rotting eggs? Decay. Something to go with the dark and the cold, but it's... Comforting. Even if it's killing me. You're... Not... Coming to save me. I knew that. Have known it. Should have guessed. I was never meant to make it out of here. They're communicating with one another. It's some sort of hive mind. That's how they keep finding me, blocking my path. They don't seem to have eyes. The creatures inside the crystal. But they can find me. Slithering from hole to hole, like the lines between the constellations, seeking me out like I am the last bright star. It's fitting. Dying out here. Burning out in the dark. It's my fault. I asked for this. I just didn't think it would be so lonely. Burning out. Shouldn't I have known? All my life I've been drawn to this. Asked for this. Begged for it to to be like them. Always looking out, always reaching up, always seeing the brilliance and the infinite and the constellations and never, not once, noticing that there is nothing so bright and so cold and beautiful and desperately alone as a star. I wanted this. But not... Not like... But my god. What a ride. But I'm no star. I will not burn out. I have to keep going. I have to get up. I...
one step in the other. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, please. Don't make me do this. Don't make me do this, Peter. Please. Please. Oh, it hurts. I can't do this. I can't. I The ground sloping up close. Peter, we're so light, light. I can see light. I am so, so dizzy. No, please. Oh, God, please. Jeez. Don't. Don't let me die here. Don't. Let me die here, please, Peter, please. Don't let me die here. I just, I don't want to go home. I want to go home, please, please. I will be good. I will be quiet. I will never, ever leave again. Just please, please. I want to go home. I want to go home, Peter, please, please. <laughs> Everything's blanketed, like a layer of soft, warm moss is spreading all over my body. I can't breathe. Everything is spinning, and you're... you're... Not here. You said you would be here 
You promised you'd be back in a couple of minutes. I remember you gave me something, and then everything went sideways. And now I'm strapped to a table, and you are gone. You left me. I had a bad dream. I was down in the tunnels, and there were monsters in the dark, and I... I couldn't find you. It was a bad dream. Only... It wasn't. I was in their nursery, Peter. Just before I found the tunnel out. It was a wide, circular space with tunnels branching out from all directions, like dozens of spider legs. I found them, Peter. There are hundreds, maybe thousands of statues down there. All the missing bodies, our lost civilization, all gestating, dormant, thousands of crystal eggs perfectly untouched, waiting for us. The ones in the caves must have been the last of them, or the vanguard for the rest of the swarm. Imagine it. All those people. I found one alive. Another of the dog-like hosts, like the one that dragged me down here only. The transformation wasn't complete. It was lying there, half-cocooned in crystal. I could see that same dark green gelatinous liquid around its mouth, and its big purple eyes were milky and starting to frost over. Four of its six legs were already frozen into stone. It had fur, but most of it was matted with blue-white crystals, and I could see a pearly sheen under its skin, and thin shards of crystals were starting to poke up out of its veins. It looks like that's how it starts. Under the skin, and then over it. Sealing the host up, working its way from the inside out. It was still breathing. It cried. 
little sounds. There was an adult, too. I watched it hatch. The torso of one of the statues just disintegrated, and that dark green liquid came sloshing out. And then, after a while, I, I don't know how long I've lost track of everything. It, it twisted, started to slither. It was the same as those long, dark green things we saw coiled up in the trees. It must have been, I don't know, 12 feet long? It poured out of the shell of the host and disappeared down one of the tunnels. I couldn't stop looking at that, that creature, that, that dog. I can still hear it, Peter. And I can't stop thinking. That would have been me. I found the path. I could see fragments of my suit and helmet, the indentation of my body against the earth, and I thought, I know the way back now. All there's left to do is climb. Hope I don't suffocate. I just... You let go of my hand. I felt it. That slight loosening of your grip. I, I thought I'd imagined it. I you never would. But... I saw it in your face. Your calculations. My life versus yours. Could you hold me? Was it worth it? You decided I was already dead. And I watched you let go. It's one of those things. We won't talk about it. We'll try never to think about it, but you were never coming to get me. You let go. Peter? Damn it! Gotta get this thing! Peter? What happened? Are you. from the cave. The one I brought... It's on the ship. I brought it on the ship. It's here. It's hatched.
All right. And thank you uh, for sharing that uh, with us, uh, Jordan. That was, again, that was episode 10 of uh, Jordan's show, Giannis Descending. Um, You mentioned before we listened to it that um, you wanted to show it off because you were especially proud of the of the writing is there an element of the writing in in particular that you 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 feel proud of uh, here's your here's your permission to to brag if you'd like <laughs> oh god um the moment uh where chell is she's just run out of oxygen and she takes off her helmet and she just goes through this moment where she's so close to giving up uh, mm. But then decides that she's got to continue on, got to keep pushing through, um, was probably my favorite moment that I wrote in the entire series, uh, that whole I will not burn out, because that mm. is a lot of the time where I find myself, um, mm. for better or for worse, um, I have a tendency to push myself very hard. Um, and I also have a tendency to find myself sitting at the bottom of the barrel and not really knowing what to do and not wanting to go any further and just desperately wanting to like lay down and die. Well, not die, die, but you know, uh, just, <laughs> yeah, stop. sorry, that got darker than I wanted. Um, but just to, you know, lay down and give up and just stop and not have to deal with any of the things that I have either piled onto my own plate or other people have piled there that the world just gets really desperately overwhelming sometimes. Um, but that there is something that I can always find in myself, some small spark of energy, of just that love and desperation and wanting to live and explore and see everything that there is to see and do all the things there are to do that keeps pushing me forward. And so it was a a really rare moment where I got to almost perfectly articulate something that I experience fairly frequently almost every day um, and getting to move forward and then kind of rise to the occasion and kind of succeed no matter how much it necessarily costs. Uh, it's that moment of taking that first breath of fresh air again after having stumbled around in the darkness for so long um, and that was a really wonderful precious moment for me to get to kind of share with people because i'm sure i'm not the only one who feels that way um, and i like being able to articulate those kinds of moments for other people if they don't necessarily have the words to do it themselves right well, um, thank you for that, uh, Jordan, and um, we hope you're um, taking good care of yourself, but also we're very glad that you're out uh, in the world living and, and putting out awesome work like, like Giannis Descending. Um, if, people, if people heard this and they liked it and they want to hear more, um, where can they go and what can they do to, to kind of support your work uh, generally? Oh, absolutely. Um, so uh, pretty much... All of our shows at No Such Thing Productions are uh, on Apple and Spotify and Luminary. Uh, but you can find everything in one place at nosuchthingradio.com. Uh, that will give you links to uh, where you can listen to all of our work uh, and find blurbs for our upcoming stuff. Uh, you can also find links to our Patreon there, which I think is just... What is it? No... I'm going to get this wrong because I'm not staring directly at it, but I'm pretty sure it's 
It's uh, what patreon.com slash no such thing productions. Um, but yeah, uh, that's got links to pretty much everything you need uh, on our website. Yeah. Great. Thank you. And before I let you go, um, is there an audio drama not made by you that you love right now that you'd like to mention? Oh, absolutely. Um, one of my all-time favorite audio dramas of just of just all time is Star Called by uh, Gabriel Al- Alvarez. Um, it is, I'm always so bad at describing this, but it's such a cool story. It's one of the best produced audio dramas I have ever heard. Um, it is about, uh, so it takes place in the far, far future uh, of with this fleet of ships orbiting this dusty, barren planet. Uh, mm. And there is a war going on between these two non-human uh, uh, factions, I guess, species, rather. And there's this whole glorious mystery that's getting unraveled. There's political intrigue. It's just so, so good. There are space battles. The music is incredible. Uh, Gabe Alvarez is just one of the most talented creators out there right now. And I'm always... I so geeked out whenever I see that there's a new episode available. I just like start freaking out and I start texting all my friends. I'm like, there's a new star called everybody go listen. (laughs) It's so good. Well, we'll definitely have to check that out. Um, Jordan Cobb, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying the Once in Future Nerd, you might enjoy this show from our friends. Are you tired of the domestic discussions of the more pedestrian podcasts? Looking for a more enlightened way to talk about video games? Then look no further than Left Trigger Right Trigger, the video game book club, where four hosts discuss the more sophisticated issues in games. Topics include body parts. Zelda. The Division. Hyperlight Tokyo Drifter. Good vibes. Time Machine. Doing the gab. Uh, biscuit faces. Being terrible. Muzapan sex dance. The faces are terrible. When the mouse is away. Or when the cat's a mouse. I can't tell white people apart. My body is going to dissolve. I'm playing wine. The Gashapon is just a womb. Man, this game's got hot orcs. <laughs> Left trigger, right trigger, your video game book club. Wow, that was really disappointing.